0: Hi, and welcome to the part three with me podcast. The show that helps part three architecture students jumpstart into their careers as qualified architects. I am your host, Maria Scudari. And this week is part two of the building regulations where we will be expanding on the approved documents. As mentioned in last week's episode, Building regulations are the minimum standards for design, construction and alterations applied to basically every building and are developed by the UK government and approved by Parliament. The guidance notes in applying and meeting these regulations are through the approved documents. So what is an approved document? Uh, So through the Building Act, the government is able to publish the approved documents. It's advisable that when carrying out work um, you should use the approved documents to make sure that the work carried out meets the legal rules of the building regulations. So the approved documents themselves provide technical general guidance on the performance expected of materials and building work in order to comply with the building regulations and to provide um, practical examples and solutions on how to achieve compliance for some of the more common building situations. So there are some examples within the approved documents to help you understand how you can apply uh, the technical guidance. So the approved documents may, however, not provide... Um, appropriate guidance if the case is an unusual one in terms of its design its setting its use scale or technology so some of the non-standard conditions typically include um, when it comes to difficult ground conditions uh, potentially building with unusual occupancies or high levels of complexity Um, if it's a very large or very tall building uh, large timber buildings or um, it also includes some buildings that incorporate modern construction methods. So each approved document contains legal requirements, which the applicant has to follow, and it also includes guidance, which the applicant may choose to follow or not. So the text within the approved documents that's placed within a green background box uh, in each respective approved document at the beginning of each section, These are parts taken from the building regulations themselves, and they set out the legal requirements. Uh, Then the text that follows these is the guidance. So the guidance typically explains and demonstrate ways of how building work should comply with the legal requirements. Um, And the terms in green um, within the document that have green letters uh, are key terms. And they are listed and explained in the appendix of each respective approved document. So the guidance in the approved documents typically addresses situations that homeowners or owners will typically face. So if you come across a scenario that is not covered in the approved documents, uh, you may be able to achieve compliance by following the advice from other recognized standard bodies or industry recognized codes or manufacturers, technical literature, um, but you should check with your local building control body first before you follow the guidance of any third party um, people or bodies or uh, manufacturers, just to make sure. So the, the interesting thing about the approved documents is that the Building Act indicates that following the approved documents alone doesn't guarantee you compliance, which is quite interesting, Um, but it also sets responsibility on those designing or undertaking the building work to assess whether specific circumstances require additional or alternative measures to achieve compliance with the requirements. So they basically expect both the approved documents and a skilled designer or builder to make sure that the building work carried out is indeed compliant Um, with the building regulations to the best of their ability, obviously, and as reasonably practicable. Uh, Now, moving on to the approved documents themselves. Uh, At the moment, um, there are 18 of them, and they're lettered from A to S, and these are typically updated every few years to respond to the changing needs of uh, society uh, and the growing population. So the lettered parts must be used to comply with the building regulations, alongside Regulation Seven, which sets out the work uh, that has to be carried out with adequate and proper materials and in a workmanlike manner. Um, so the approved documents uh, vary in length and complexity, uh, and in how the guidance applies to different building types. So in cases where you have a mixed use. Development, for example, which has residential and commercial uses, uh, the more onerous requirements will apply in any shed part of the building. So, if they're sharing like a lobby or a staircase or something. Um, so, as headlines, the approved documents are approved document part A, which offers guidance on structure, part B, uh, which is on fire safety, part C. Uh, that covers site preparation and resistance to contaminants and moisture. Part D, which is on toxic substances. Part E, uh, to do with resistance to the passage of sound. Part F, on ventilation. Uh, Part G, on sanitation, hot water and and water efficiency. Uh, Part H, on drainage and waste disposal. Part J on combustion appliances and fuel storage systems. Uh, Part K covers protection from falling, collision, and impact. Part L um, has to do with conversion of fuel and power. Part M on access and use of buildings. Part O, which is um, a relatively new um, approved document, uh, is on overheating. Uh, Part P on electrical safety. Part Q on security, Part R on physical infrastructure for high-speed electronic communications networks, and Part S, which is also um, a new approved document, which is on infrastructure for charging electric vehicles, and obviously Regulation 7 on materials and workmanship. So to give you a general understanding of the approved documents, I'll be describing each one briefly um, because they change them every few years. So I would advise you to review them at your own time and try and keep yourselves up to date with the relevant updates. So I'll be giving um, a link where you can find these um, in the episode notes. Now let's start with Regulation 7 which is essentially required in almost all building work. So building work under Regulation 7 should be carried out with adequate and proper materials and in a workmanlike manner. Uh, regulation 7 places the requirements on materials and workmanship to meet the requirements under the building regulations. And the individuals responsible for building work must demonstrate that both materials and workmanship comply with the regulations. So to demonstrate materials and workmanship as being compliant, it can be demonstrated through a CE marking on the product, um, following relevant guidance of the approved documents, uh, compliance with the relevant Br- British standards, compliance with relevant ISO or other national technical standards, using a competent person under the competent person scheme, uh, using a uh, independent certification scheme by a certified body like the EA and UKAS, or through the use of tests to materials and workmanship to demonstrate that they are appropriate or through past experience and samples. Uh, Moving on to approve document part A, structure. So this document contains the design standards and guidance for structural stability and safety of all buildings when it comes to its structure and also provides direction on how not to affect the structural integrity of other buildings so it includes information on structural loading um, safe standards for building foundations um, disproportionate collapse for example um, a building's ability to stand in the event of an accident Uh, And it also sets out information on ground movement. So the document includes diagrams detailing different areas of construction, uh, like roofs and brick walls, and it provides design rules for masonry and timber works for typical traditional houses. So the various sections set out the relevant building types. Uh, It also lists uh, the codes, the standards, and other references for structural design and construction. It also sets out uh, quite helpfully the sizes of structural elements for certain residential buildings and for some other buildings of traditional construction. And it also um, gives some guidance on support and fixing of wall cladding and guidance on where roofs are recovered as a material alteration. Now, moving on to approved document B, uh, which is to to do with fire safety. Uh, It has two volumes. Volume one is on dwellings and volume two on buildings other than dwellings. Um, Both documents seek to address the same issues, um, depending, obviously, on the building type. Uh, When it comes to fire safety precautions to ensure the safety of the occupants, the firefighters and any uh, people close to the building in the, in the event of a fire. So both documents include standards relating to means of escape, the ability to internally isolate a blaze uh, and to prevent a fire from spreading. It covers external fire spread from one building to another, for example, if they're located quite closely. Um, it also covers firefighter access to the building and facilities. Uh, fire detection, uh, warning systems and internal fire spread due to um, structure or the due to the structure of the lining used within the building and the relevant safety measures to be taken. So these documents are of course up, were updated in 2019 to reflect and reinforce the gaps that became evident from the Grenfell trage- tragedy in London. Uh, That's why Approved Document B is now quite an extensive document that you should pay extra attention to and go through uh, very thoroughly um, as building control bodies are paying extra attention on fire safety measures um, and they want to make sure that appropriate non-combustible building materials are used. Uh, Now, moving on to Approved Document C, Uh, which is on site preparation and resistance to contaminants and moisture. Uh, It offers guidance on ensuring buildings are protected from both weather and water damage, uh, also from dangerous substances such as radon and methane, and that the guidelines are followed when preparing a site to enable construction. So when you're doing remediation works. Um, Approved document C provides guidance on how to prepare a building site and its foundations for construction, and it details uh, advanced precautions to be taken to guarantee that new building foundations won't be damaged by pre-existing foundations or potentially any vegetation that exists, tree roots or the topsoil. Uh, It also details how uh, ground moisture um, must be contained and removed through the use of suitable pipes to avert damage to the building. And it also ensures walls, floors and roofs are adequately protected from harmful effects of um, precipitation, including wind-driven spray, interstitial and surface condensation and spillage of water from or associated with sanitary fittings or fixed appliances. So if the ground is contaminated, it should be cleared in advance of any contaminants in line with the health and safety procedures. And this is where ground investigation reports are typically carried out to inform a proposal during the planning stage. Uh, when it comes to its ground conditions and remediations that will be needed, and so that the applicant and the architect knows where buildings are best placed on that site, depending on its um, quality uh, of the soil. Uh, moving on to approved document D uh, for toxic substances. So this document offers guidance on controlling toxic uh, substances used in building works and it focuses on health and safety for using uh, a barrier in a cavity wall to prevent harmful fuel fumes from entering a property uh, which sometimes happens when injecting um, urea formaldehyde into cavity fill insulation systems so it's recommended that um, on insulating materials that Give off formaldehyde fumes. Uh, They can be used to insulate a cavity in a cavity wall, but only if there is a continuous barrier that minimizes the passage of fumes to the occupied spaces. Uh, Next up is approved document E uh, regarding the resistance to the passage of sound. Uh, This approved document gives guidance on the resistance of sound in domestic buildings, schools and flats. Uh, So this is most commonly applied to new buildings, uh, alterations to an existing building and buildings converted to flats. So the document also gives guidance on soundproofing, um, such as uh, transmission of sound between walls, ceilings, windows and floors. And it also gives guidance on unwanted sound travel within different areas of a building, uh, including common areas within schools uh, and buildings containing flats uh, and in between connecting buildings. Uh, Next is approved document F on ventilation. This also has uh, two volumes. Volume one is on dwellings and volume two on buildings other than dwellings. Uh, Both documents give guidance on building ventilation, including uh, building air quality and preventing condensation in the structure, uh, depending on the building type, of course. In dwellings or domestic buildings, ventilation uh, must be circulated continuously through the whole building, uh, outlining that um, extract ventilation must be used within an area of increased humidity or pollution, Uh, such as an an extractor fan for an oven, for example, or within um, bathrooms. And it also outlines that purge ventilation uh, has to be made possible. And the amount that you provide, for example, how big the window will be, depends on the area within the premises. But it typically consists uh, to the option of opening a window to provide uh, fresh air to a room. Then, uh, moving on to approved document G for sanitation, hot water safety, and water efficiency. Uh, This document gives guidance on the supply of water to a property, and it includes guidance on water safety, hot water supply, sanitation, and water efficiency. So the guidance focuses on the supply of sanitary drinkable water to buildings, including cold drinking water, hot water supply to bathroom appliances, including baths, showers, and sinks, and to food preparation areas, such as um, kitchens, and water needed for purposes of washing. So it also, the document also outlines the requirement for hot water safety precautions. Uh, so, for example, how um, hot the uh, water should be, so it doesn't um, cause any burns or scaldings. Um, It also uh, sets out the sufficient water pressure and the flow rate uh, that should be set within the different building types. Uh, Next up is approved document H, covering drainage and waste disposal. So this document offers guidance on drainage, including the provision of adequate foul surface water, rainwater, and sanitary waste disposal, including um, sewage structures and their upkeep and their connection to the public sewer system. So this document offers advice on refuse storage of solid waste materials for dwellings, uh, waste disposal, uh, treating waste water, pollution prevention, and the use of appropriate separate drainage systems. So the guidance also covers the building um, of hygienic pipework discharges and cesspools. And it also gives guidelines for building over and around sewers. Uh, Now on to proof document J on combustion appliances and fuel storage systems. Uh, This document gives guidance on the safe installation and usage of heat-producing appliances, which includes boilers, chimneys, flues, and it offers advice on uh, safe fuel storage installations, including solid fuel, liquid oil fuels, and gas fire heating. So it basically says um, how best to discharge of the smoke and... um, how you need to create that, the chimney, for example, uh, to discharge uh, all the harmful um, smells and smoke that come out of appliances um, safely. Uh, It also outlines uh, safe construction and procedures on the provision of adequate air supply and the detection of carbon monoxide and warning systems. Uh, It also offers guidance on protection against pollution and the control and ventilation of combustion byproducts, um, for example, smoke, as I mentioned already. Uh, Moving on to approved document K on protection from falling, collision, and impact. Uh, This document offers advice on protection from falling when it comes to fitting of safety measures on staircases, ramps, ladders, um, and it also gives advice about the positioning of balusters, vehicle barriers, and windows to avoid injury. So guidance for avoiding collision and impact is stated in the positioning of doors and windows within a property, and, it in- and it's to ensure no injuries occur from occupants colliding with open windows, um, skylights, ducts, and, um, and so on and that large panes of glass are marked to avoid accidental impact, and doors and windows are not positioned in a way that could trap someone. So part K um, offers a good guide to those uh, seeking to build a loft conversion uh, as it provides guidance in relation to building a staircase for access to the loft. So next up is approved document L on conservation of fuel and power, and you have uh, L1 for new dwellings, L1B for existing dwellings, L2A for new buildings other than dwellings, and L2B for existing buildings other than dwellings. Uh, So volume one applies to dwellings only, and it contains current and future guidance covering the energy efficiency requirements as set out in the Part L document um, of Schedule 1 to the building regulations. And it's also covered in a number of specific building regulations. So the approved document L is split into two volumes. Volume 1 covers dwellings. Volume 2 covers buildings other than dwellings. The guidance provides information about limiting heat gains and losses. Uh, It also sets uh, air permeability and pressure testing, uh, insulation regulations, boiler productivity, lighting, uh, and storage techniques for hot water. Uh, for further further information, covers fixed standards for carbon index ratings, uh, solar emissions, heating and ventilation systems, space heating controls, and air conditioning systems, uh, amongst other fuel and power systems. Uh, Volume 1 sets out a few construction details known as the accredited construction details which demonstrate how to limit air leakage and thermal bridging. These documents especially are updated quite regularly due to their direct link with latest technologies and materials available in the construction and modification of buildings. Uh, Moving on to approved document M access to and use of buildings uh, gives information about the ease of access to and use of buildings, including facilities for disabled visitors or occupants and the ability to move through a building easily, including to toilets and bathrooms. Uh, So it also gives guidance on the use of ramps and steps uh, to provide ease of access uh, with information including safe degrees of pitch, and dimensions when building a wheelchair accessibility facility. Uh, The construction of accessible stairs and corridors is also addressed in this document, and it includes the safe height of stairs and the accessible width of both corridors and stairs. Next up is approved document O on overheating. Uh, This document covers the overheating improvement requirements uh, in a number of specific building regulations, um, that also includes guidance on providing means of removing excess heat from residential buildings. Uh, this approved document came into effect in June of 2022 and is used in England currently. Uh, so the guidance in this approved document applies to new residential buildings only. Um, Moving on to approved document P on electrical safety. Uh, this document gives guidance on electrical safety in dwellings, including detailed information about what procedures need to be in place and who may carry these out and when a professional electrician must be hired. So those undertaking electrical works must be uh, considered competent and have a complete and proficient understanding of electrical fittings and to be able to check uh, safety circuits. Uh, So this document details electrical safety to avoid injuries and fires caused by electrical installations, including the design, installation, inspection and testing of any electrical works made within a dwelling. Next up is approved document Q on security. Uh, This document gives guidance on security in new dwellings, including measures taken to avoid any unauthorized entrance to dwellings and flats within a building. Uh, Requirement Q1 applies only in relation to new dwellings and gives reasonable provision uh, that must be made to resist unauthorized access to any dwelling and any part of a building from which access can be gained to a flat within the building. Uh, So the approved document sets out reasonable standards for doors and windows to resist physical attack by a casual or um, opportunist burglar by being both uh, sufficiently robust and fitted with appropriate hardware. Moving on to approved document R on physical infrastructure for high-speed electronic communications networks. Uh, This document offers guidance on high speed electronic communications networks, i.e. the use of physical infrastructures within a building to ensure it may be connected to a broadband network, so your your internet, for example, to your house. So this approved document introduces a new requirement for in-building physical infrastructure, which enables the use of copper or fiber optic cables or wireless devices capable of delivering broadband speeds that are greater than 30 megabytes per second to be installed. Uh, the re- this requirement applies in England to new buildings and to existing buildings that are subject to a major renovation, and it applies both to dwellings and to buildings other than dwellings. Uh, And last but not least, uh, Approved Document S on Infrastructure for Charging Electrical Vehicles. Uh, This document provides technical guidance when it comes to the installation and charge point requirements. Uh, So it applies to new residential and non-residential buildings and buildings undergoing uh, material change of use to dwellings. Uh, and to residential and non-residential buildings undergoing major renovation and mixed-use buildings that are either new or undergoing major renovation. So this is quite a new um, document that recently came into effect. uh, And everyone now will have to um, provide a charging point to new dwellings. So to sum up what I talked about today, Uh, Approved documents should be used for building work to make sure that the work carried out meets the legal rules of the building regulations. The approved documents provide technical general guidance on the performances expected of materials and building work in order to comply with the building regulations and provide practical examples and solutions on how to achieve compliance for some of the more common building situations. As mentioned, there are 18 approved documents, lettered from A to S, and Regulation 7. The approved documents are approved document Part A, offering guidance on structure, Part B on fire safety, Part C on site preparation and resistance to contaminants and moisture, Part D on toxic substances, Part E on resistance to the passage of sound, Part F on ventilation, Part G on sanitation, hot water and water efficiency. Part H on drainage and waste disposal. Part J on combustion appliances and fuel storage systems. Part K on protection from falling, collision and impact. Part L on conservation of fuel and power. Part M on access to and use of buildings. Part O on overheating. Part P on electrical safety, part Q on security, part R on physical infrastructure for high-speed electronic communications networks, and part S on infrastructure for charging electric vehicles, and regulation 7 on materials and workmanship. Uh, And as mentioned, the approved documents change every few years to capture the latest technologies and the changing needs to um, society and everyday life. So I would advise you to review them regularly uh, and at your own time and try and keep yourselves up to date. And that concludes today's episode. If you would like to get in contact with me, please feel free to email me on the address provided in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This is an educational show aimed at supporting the future generation of architects. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. Please join me next week for some more part three with me time.